you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about Jehovah's Witnesses suing Reddit to get the name of a defector and the end results of that lawsuit. Then we're going to talk about them filing a lawsuit against a YouTuber so they could get their name. Then we'll be covering a cult in South Korea who intentionally spread the coronavirus, which for reference will henceforth be referred to as the virus. But before we get into all of that, why don't we listen to some voicemails? Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, I'm Josiah. I'm from Virginia. Um, I was just really wondering, like, how would you recommend to deal with, like, a super fundamentalist religious relative that's not really supportive of your views religiously? Thanks. That's a good question. It's a complicated question, and it really heavily depends on whether or not they know that you're not religious. I would say if they don't know, it may be best to avoid the subject completely because there will most certainly be consequences. If they don't realize that you're an atheist or that you're a non-believer, and they are extremists, and they find out that you're an atheist, it will most certainly get ugly. So just be very careful with that. Um, If they do know and they just keep harassing you and stuff, if they're making your life miserable, I've talked about whether or not you should shun in any circumstances. If they are making your life miserable, I would say it's acceptable to not deal with them anymore. If they are just making you unhappy, there's nothing wrong with removing them from your life. What I don't like really is when an organization or a religion or anything tells people when and when not to shun people in their lives. That's what I have an issue with. Hi, my name is Alvin Smith. I had something to run past you. I'll I'll try to shorten up the best I can because I was thinking, you know, the Bible's been proven it ain't real. It's not, you know, it's just man-made. But maybe parts of it might have something to do with something because... They can't explain some of it, but what if we're up there in the heavens, if what you want to call it, when we're spirits, gods, whatever you want to say, why are we could be up there making the earth so we can live upon it, and we came from something. We got to, there's got to be a reason we're here, you know, so maybe we're all trying to do this together up in heaven, but we don't know about it because if we knew that's what was going on, man, they'd be suicides like crazy. So they decided to write this book, and for thousands of years, the book worked because the Internet changed all that. So, you know, do you think that maybe something like that might be it? Have you ever thought of that or anything like that? There's more to it, but I just wanted to shorten it up. Thank, thank you for taking my call. That is interesting. It's, it's an interesting proposition you've pr- provided to me. Generally speaking, I don't really see a reason for it at all. Uh, I see here you said there has to be a reason we're here. Why? Why does there have to be a reason? Is there a reason that rocks exist? Is there a reason that the sky is blue? There are explanations for those things. There are not reasons. 
I'm not sure I agree that there has to be a reason for this or, or an explanation, really, even. We don't have to have an explanation. One of the most important things that we have to realize as human beings is that we can say, I don't know, and that should be acceptable. We shouldn't have to make something up or make up an explanation or, or fabricate one or, or any of that. We should be able to just accept that we don't know the answer until we have solid, concrete evidence that the answer is this thing or that thing. It, it, it is interesting. It sounds like you're building lore. If you want it to be widely accepted by people, I would suggest trying to find some kind of uh, concrete evidence. Like I said, it is very interesting. Though. And I appreciate the phone call. Hi, Alan. My name is Amy. I'm currently living in Georgia. I was wondering about your opinion on uh, God being involved in military matters. Anytime I've had to go to a official uh, Navy event or anything like that, there has been prayer and other things where Christianity has been inserted. And I'm wondering what your opinion is on this because of it's a federal government thing that's involved. Okay, so the voicemail got cut off there. But my understanding of the message was, what is my opinion on the church being involved in military matters, basically. A lot of... Okay, so I grew up Jehovah's Witness, and Jehovah's Witnesses, by default, are anti-war, anti-military, extreme pacifists. They don't believe in fighting at all. So I probably picked up on some of that. I understand that sometimes war is necessary in extreme cases, but I think that we should take every step humanly possible before getting into war. I am of the opinion that human life is one of the most valuable things on this planet in this universe and losing even one human life to anything is a loss to society is a loss to the world and truly devastating personally i i don't believe in war ex except for very very extreme circumstances and i i did probably pick that up from jehovah's witnesses now I think your question was more along the lines of, do I think churches should be involved in this stuff in any capacity? And the answer is no, most definitely not. Like, churches should not be involved in politics at all, in any way, shape, or form. The two should be completely separate, in my opinion. That's kind of built into the founding of our country. It's built into the culture of, our, of the founding of our country. Although we are kind of in a Christian nation at this point, so to speak, unfortunately, in the U.S., I do think that we should keep them as separate as possible. And if they refuse to stay separate, like we're seeing now, we should take away tax-exempt status. Of course, our politicians are extremely religious, too, so churches just do whatever the hell they want, and it doesn't matter, but yeah. Um, hey, Owen. My name is Alexis, and one of my friends is Jehovah's Witness, but she kind of seems to be coming, like, I want to say coming out. Um, She seems to be 
getting herself out of the whole mindset of it. And I wanted to ask you if you think that I should try to work on deprogramming her even more or if you think that it's better that she keeps um, going at it herself. Uh, we're, we're freshmen in high school, by the way. Thank you. Bye. It's a good question. Generally, I would say addressing people's beliefs is always productive. Addressing why they believe what they believe and figuring out if they have evidence for those positions is always a good thing. Always. Even for me. I am constantly going through and reanalyzing everything that I believe and asking myself why I believe it and if there's good evidence to believe it. I would say, yeah, it, it is a good idea for you to continue to try to work with her and re-examine her belief system and make sure that it's it checks out and makes make sure that it, it adds up and that there is good reason to believe what she does. I mean, if she's asking you to leave her be, then I would say leave her be. But yeah, for sure. Continue on, push through, work with her. Really glad to hear that she's on her way out of the religion. She's coming out of the religion. I, I feel comfortable calling that. You know, some people don't like calling it coming out because they that's kind of linked to LGBT situations. But in a lot of ways, it's the same. A lot of people come out to their parents as no longer believing in Jehovah's Witnesses, and the consequences for them are equally as severe as if they were telling their parents that they were gay. It's just as bad in some cases. Just look at my situation. I haven't talked to my mom in... I, I haven't had a relationship with my mom in 12 years because I don't believe in the religion anymore. So there are a lot of parallels there. I, I'm 100% comfortable calling it coming out. Let's take a short 30-second break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Jehovah's Witnesses suing Reddit and suing a YouTuber to get their name. Give us 30 seconds. We will be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So this article I wanted to take a look at is entitled Judge Rules That Reddit Doesn't Have to Disclose the Real Identity of a User Who Criticized a Jehovah's Witnesses Watchtower Organization on the Forum. Uh, this is by dailymail.co.uk. So I've covered this subject before. Basically, a user on the Reddit forum, they started posting stuff to Reddit and one of the things they posted was an advertisement on the back of the Watchtower, and the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society basically sued Reddit to get the name of the person so that they could disfellowship them. That is a really big deal. I mean, Watchtower Society is actively going after people now. That's extremely concerning trying to disfellowship them, remove them from the organization entirely. So let's read this article and see what it has to say here. A U.S. District Court judge in San Francisco upheld a Reddit user's right to privacy. The user, Dark Spilver, had criticized the Jehovah's Witnesses' approach to fundraising through their magazine, The Watchtower, 
The published filed a DMCA suit and a subpoena to learn Dirk Spilver's identity, claiming he had violated their copyright by including screenshots of an issue of the Watchtower. The judge said the posts were commentary and criticism, which is fair use. So here's the article. A U.S. District Court judge in San Francisco has ruled to quash a subpoena issued for the real identity of a Reddit user who had posted critical comments about the Jehovah's Witnesses. The subpoena was originally issued after a lawsuit filed against Reddit poster Dark Spilver over a 2018 post he had made laying out some of his concerns about the Jehovah's Witnesses' teachings and practices. Though the court filings acknowledge the user's gender hasn't been officially entered as evidence, Previous filings had referred to Dark Spilver as he. As part of an ongoing exchange with other Reddit users, Dark Spilver posted an image taken from the Watchtower magazine, a Jehovah's Witnesses periodical that's claimed to reach a worldwide readership of 42 million people. I'm a little bit skeptical of that. I think there are only 8.5 million Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm sure they're passing them out to 42 million people, but I seriously doubt that how do I stop all of these ads? This is insane. The image was captioned, What gift can we give to Jehovah? And included a quote from the Bible and a request for donations, something Dark Spilver felt was at odds with his understanding of the group's principles. Okay, so th that's basically a summary of the Dark Spilver situation. The end result was Reddit does not have to turn over the name of the redditor dark spilver they don't have to turn over dark spilver's name it was a huge win for privacy and civil rights and a huge lose for the watchtower society well they didn't stop there there is more to this story so immediately after losing that battle in court after appealing and everything and losing the appeals they did it again with somebody else they, this time they did it with a youtuber so let's look at this article here. This one is by reclaimthenet.org. Again, I, I'm not familiar with this website, but this story is all over the place. The name of the article is Jehovah's Witnesses Group Attempts to Use DMCA to Unmask YouTuber. The YouTuber was JW Apostate, I think. I had never heard of them before, but guess what? I have now. Uh, they deleted their account, though, from my understanding. They deleted their YouTube account after all of this came out because they didn't even want to deal with the lawsuit. They didn't want to be unmasked. So anyway, let's uh, continue with the article here. Jehovah's Witnesses, a U.S. religious group whose inner workings are often hidden under a shroud of secrecy, has been facing challenges in the digital age. It's not uncommon these days for current or former Jehovah's Witnesses to use social media anonymously to reveal their experiences and shed light on the way the organization works. And for the last several years, Jehovah's Witnesses have tried to silence them, claiming copyright infringement, with the end game being to reveal the identity of these insiders in order to protect copyrighted content. But the fear that these whistleblowers have is the real reason behind these attempts at unmasking is to ostracize them from their community, a measure Jehovah's Witnesses take against those violating the group's rules. Let me let me just tell you guys why I agree with that assessment. Let me tell you why I, I agree with the assessment that Jehovah's Witnesses are doing this solely to get names to disfellowship people. Because they can actually file a DMCA against an anonymous person, a John Doe or a Jane Doe, from my understanding. 
I was watching the the guy who brought this to my attention in the first place, Leonard French. He's a lawyer on YouTube. He talks about all of this stuff. From my understanding, you can file a DMCA against an anonymous person, but they paid the extra money and took the extra steps that they didn't have to take specifically to get this person's name. It costs like 75 bucks or something. So um, for that reason, I believe Jehovah's Witnesses are doing this specifically to get their names so that they can disfellowship them. Uh, if it was just to protect their intellectual property, first of all, all of these are for the purpose of criticism or parody so far that I've seen. There is no copyright claim here. It's all within fair use, as far as I have seen. Uh, so the, it's completely invalidated in the first place. And second, why are they specifically going after these people's names? Like, they don't even need to do this. This is an extra step that costs more money that they don't have to take. So anyways, let's continue reading. The holder of copyright content allegedly infringed here belongs to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, who are Jehovah's Witnesses publishers and supervising body it might appear counterintuitive for a religious group to work this hard to protect its message where others would welcome any opportunity to disseminate it however there's been a new dmca subpoena filed by the publisher in new york asking google to reveal the identity of youtuber jw apostate who operates a channel dedicated to leaking sermons of Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, leaking is in quotations. Yeah, I, I wouldn't consider it a leak unless it's trying to be kept private. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses don't aren't trying to protect this stuff from, you know, being seen by the public. I mean, anybody, this is open to the public. Anybody can go in there. So anyway, let's continue reading. Only five of the channel's videos were mentioned in the subpoena application, which said the Watchtower analyzed this content in good faith and determined that the videos were, in fact, infringing copyright rather than staying within the bounds of the fair use rule. It specifically says they analyzed this content in good faith because that is part of the law. It has to be uh, based on good intentions, basically. So they put in good faith right there in the court documents, even though that's for the court to decide, not for Jehovah's Witnesses to decide when they file. So them putting that, it's just kind of trying to put a bias on it. It, it doesn't really mean anything past that, and it's kind of messed up, honestly. Only five of the channel's videos were mentioned in the subpoena application, which said that Watchtower analyzed this content in good faith and determined that the videos were, in fact, infringing copyright rather than staying within the bounds of the fair use rule. It's not by accident that Jehovah's Witnesses made this point, since their recent attempt at unmasked Reddit user Dark Spilver's real-world identity failed when a U.S. court recognized his use of Watchtower material as fair under the DMCA. This time, District Judge Kathy Siebel obliged the subpoena request and ordered Google to produce the identity of entities or persons believed to be infringing on the copyright of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of Pennsylvania. Wow, man. A day before the order was signed, Torrent Freak tried reaching out to JW Apostate for comment on Reddit. Very shortly after the Reddit account, YouTube channel and all of its videos were deleted, leaving nothing in their wake, said the report. Unfortunately for this person, the data is never truly really erased from the internet. The Jehovah's Witnesses are going to get this person's name. 
and ruin their lives. That's really what this is all about. This is a lose for the apostate movement. I'm very sorry to hear. I hope the person watches my channel and and hears what I'm saying here. Um, you know as well as I do and everybody else that there are people out there who are willing to support you and help you and do what they can for you. Just be a part of the community. And you know what? If the Watchtower Society wants your name, fuck them. Give them your name and stand up tall and proud and know that you're doing the right thing. I know that it's going to cost you probably everything in your life. But you will make it through like I did. You will make it through like I did, like Lloyd Evans did, like millions of other people have. You may lose everything, but you will come out the, the other side alive and can raise your voice in opposition to this organization that wants to silence you. Do not let them silence you. Do not let them silence you. That is what they want. They wanted to see you delete your YouTube channel and your Reddit account and everything else. They want that. Do not let them win. There's private information about me that the Watchtower Society could get their hands on and do the same shit to me, but I decided a long time ago, if they do end up getting my private information, I will stand up and scream that information from the hilltops. I don't give a shit. If they're going to try to ruin my life, I will spread the information before they have an opportunity to take their power away. Take the power that they have over you away. That's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm thinking about. Take back your life and stop. Don't let them control it. Don't let them use something against you. And good luck. Like I said, I will be here. Lloyd Evans will be here. We will all still be here fighting this battle. Whether you are capable of fighting the battle at the moment or not, we will continue on fighting in your stead. Why don't we take a short break? When we come back, we're going to be talking about a South Korean cult who intentionally spread the virus. So give us 30 seconds and we will be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So what is the situation with the virus and with this cult that's been spreading it? I have this article up by the BBC. It's called Virus South Korea Sect Leader to Face Probe Over Deaths. 
So let's give this a, a short read, and then when we're done reading this, we're going to take a look, a, a little bit of a deep dive into the cult that's responsible for this. The leader of a religious sect in South Korea will be investigated over some of the country's virus deaths. The city government of the capital, Seoul, has asked prosecutors to charge Lee Man-hee, the founder of the... You know what? I've been reading about this cult for like a long time, like for like the past couple of days. And I've never said that out loud before. <laughs> so now I'm like stumped. How do I pronounce it? Okay, let me sound it out. Um, Shinjiangji. Okay. The founder of the Shinjiangji Church and 11 others. They were accused of hiding the names of some members as officials tried to track patients before the virus spread. South Korea is battling the worst virus outbreaks outside China. The country has reported 3,730 cases and 21 deaths so far. Uh, this was on March 2nd, so obviously it's a little bit out of date. We have a little more information, but I said this on Twitter recently. The information that we have right now isn't extremely reliable because it's so early. But from my understanding, at this immediate moment, now this is going to change as time progresses, but South Korea is being hit the hardest by this. And people are blaming this cult for that. So anyway, let's continue reading here. More than half of the infections involve members of the Shincheonji. Nope, nope. Let me try that again. More than half of all infections involve members of the Shincheonji Church of Jesus, a fringe Christian group. I find it fascinating that there are like Christian cults in Asian countries because Christianity wasn't really an Asian thing. It's like Christianity wasn't really a Middle Eastern thing either. Islam is like a Middle Eastern thing. It's heavily influenced Middle Eastern countries, which, by the way, I believe are in Asia. But most of the Christian groups within Asia are cults, from my understanding. For example, the Moonies, the group that Stephen Hassan came from, the guy who wrote the Bite Model, that was a Korean cult too interestingly enough. Okay, let's continue reading here. Authorities say Shincheonji members infected one another in the southern city of Daegu last month before fanning out around the country. I know I'm butchering these names. I apologize ahead of time. One senior member, Kim Shin Chang, told the BBC's Laura Bicker that the church was very sorry for causing concern. He admitted that some church members had been afraid to reveal their identities, but said the church had now revealed all of its information, including all its locations and members. Well, that's something. That is something. Really stupid decision on their part in the first place, and we're like I said, we're going to get a little bit deeper into this cult in a second. Uh, let's just continue reading here. We were worried about releasing th this kind of information because of the safety of our members, but we believe right now the most important thing is to fully cooperate with the government, he said. Really, honestly, kind of surprised that they did release it because uh, from my understanding, they're kind of a conspiracy cult. They're really, really paranoid about the government. Most cults are like that anyway. Most cults are like conspiracy-minded. What's happening in South Korea? On Sunday, the Seoul City government filed a legal complaint to prosecutors against 12 leaders of the sect. They were accused of homicide, causing harm, and violating the Infectious Disease and Control Act. Wow, they have an act for this type of situation? Okay. Infectious Disease and Control Act. Must have been a problem in the past, weirdly. All 230 members of the church have been interviewed. Nearly 9,000 said they were showing symptoms of the virus. A 61-year-old female member of the sect who tested positive for the virus was among the first to be infected. Wow. 
she initially refused to be taken to a hospital to be tested and is known to have attended several church gatherings before testing positive. The sect's leader, Lee Men He, claims he is the Messiah. He has also been tested for the virus and is awaiting the results. Roman Catholic churches remain closed, major Protestant groups have canceled Sunday services, and all Buddhist events have been called off. We are right in the heart of the situation right now in the U.S., and worldwide, really. China seems to be seeing falling numbers for like new cases every day. Their, their numbers are falling, but that's largely because they went all authoritarian and, and basically locked people in their houses like permanently until this is over basically and uh i don't know that's a little bit disturbing to me that they had to go all authoritarian on people like that to stop it honestly i can understand like if the if the virus is bad enough like if it's like airborne which this one is not and if it's Mortality rate is 90%, which this one is not. I could understand dramatic measures, like authoritarian dramatic measures to protect society, like making everybody sit in their house and not come out no matter what kind of thing. But that's really not what this is. The latest numbers on the mortality rate that I have, which this is probably high, is 0.2% for people between the ages of 10 and 39, I think. 0.4% mortality for people who are 40 to 49. And then it just keeps going up from there. So I think it's like 1.5% for 50 to 59, 3.5% for... 60 to 69 and it keeps going up the older you get weirdly zero to ten has had like zero to ten years old has had zero fatalities so far up to this moment you know that may change as time goes on but the flu at this moment is 0.1 percent so this is a little bit deadlier than the flu that that is true that is the case and and that is something we should be concerned about very concerned about but uh like i said it's not 90 percent fatality so there there is a bright side just before i started the podcast i think disney shut down which i can understand you know the the who the world health organization just declared this a pandemic so yeah a lot of concerning stuff here and this church is not helping by doing what they're doing let's continue reading the article Growing anger over the sect's handling of the outbreak has sparked a petition calling for the church to be disbanded. Nearly 1.2 million people have signed it. This investigation has been sparked by Seoul City Mayor Park Wonsoon, who urged the chief prosecutor to detain the sect leader. He warns that he would request a criminal investigation for homicide by willful negligence, and on Sunday evening, he filed the claim with the prosecutor's office. But this does not mean the church leaders will face murder charges. It means prosecutors will have to look into the case. Once prosecutors have finished their investigation, they will decide which charges, if any, to bring against the sect. Next section on this is who is Lee Men He? Lee Men He, 88, he's 88 years old. He's getting up there. Claims he's the second coming of Jesus Christ and identifies as the promised pastor mentioned in the Bible. He founded the Shincheonji Church in 1984. In Korean, Shincheonji means new heaven and earth. The group is considered a cult by many. Mr. Lee's followers believe he will take 144,000 people to heaven with him. 
Interesting number, huh? Jehovah's Witnesses have a belief about 144,002. Let me give you guys just a quick kind of recap of why Jehovah's Witnesses believe that 144,000 people are going to heaven. So here's why Jehovah's Witnesses believe in the whole 144,000 thing. It comes from Revelation 7, verses 5 to 8, basically. So let me start in, like, verse 3. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. So... Israel was a man at one point, and he had 12 children. The names of his 12 kids were Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Each child handled a different thing in the Israeli government thousands and thousands of years ago, right? So Levi handled the treasury. Levi, the tribe of Levi, Levi's children, they all handled the money. There were a bunch of different jobs for each different tribe, but here it's saying from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed, from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000, from the tribe of Gad, 12,000. There are some Jewish sects that believe that 12,000 people from the lineage of Levi, who are direct descendants of Levi, will go to heaven. 12,000 people who are direct descendants of Zebulun will go to heaven, things like that. Uh, but Jehovah's Witnesses specifically believe that it was opened up to Gentiles, not just Jews, because the tribe of Judah was here. And I, you know, I could be wrong on this. Uh, somebody can correct me in the comments or something if I'm wrong here. But I believe the reason Jehovah's Witnesses say this is because Judah wasn't actually a tribe, it was a territory, which, you know, I, I don't know what that has to do with, I guess because it couldn't have come from that lineage specifically, but anyways, that's where the 144,000 thing comes from, I'm trying to remember, the 12 tribes cult, they also have a belief about 144,000, Jehovah's Witnesses have a belief about 144,000, of course. And so does the Shincheonji Church. So anyway, let's continue reading this. The church says it has more than 20,000 followers outside of South Korea, including in China, Japan, and areas of Southeast Asia. That's weird. The group is known for packing its followers tightly together during services. Glasses, necklaces, and earrings are reportedly banned from services. Super weird, right? Like a super strange thing to ban from services. The rest of this is about the virus and, you know, this is important information. You guys should definitely go read about this stuff. But there are more up-to-date articles on the information than this one. And that's not what this is about anyways. So the next thing I wanted to take a look at here was from the Freedom of Mind Resource Center. This is Stephen Hassan's website. It is a database of cults. So let's look at the Shincheonji Church. It says here the title is Shincheonji Church of Jesus, the Temple of the Tabernacle of the Testimony. Holy hell, that is a long name. Doesn't surprise me that Stephen Hassan knows all about this group. 
because the guy was in the Moonies. Because the guy was in the Moonies, which is a South Korean cult. I believe it's South Korean. So it genuinely doesn't surprise me that he knows all about uh, South Korean cults. Anyway, let's continue reading here. Founder is Menhee Lee, a.k.a. Lee Menhee. I think that's because last names come first in Korea, in the Koreas. And the leader is Menhee Lee and Nam Hee Kim. Shin Jong Chi, alternately called Serving Christ Jesus, was founded in 1984 in South Korea and now exports itself worldwide. The most significant impact in USA is currently in Orange County, California, one of many Korean groups focusing on the apocalyptic portions of scripture. Man Hee Lee claims to be the only person who can explain the revelation in the New Testament. He teaches that the world has already ended and that we are now all in the afterlife. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't it interesting? Somebody was actually talking about that in a voicemail earlier today. How about that? Hi, my name is Alvin Smith. I had something to run past you. I'll, t- I'll try to shorten up the best I can, because I was thinking, you know, the Bible's been proved, proved, proven. It ain't real. It's not, you know, it's just man-made. But maybe parts of it might have something to do with something, because they can't explain some of it. But... What if we're up there in the heavens, if it's what, what you want to call it, when we're spirits, gods, whatever you want to say, why are we could be up there making the earth so we can live upon it? And we came from something. We got to, there's got to be a reason we're here. There, you know, so maybe we're all trying to do this together up in heaven, but we don't know about it because if we knew that's what was going on, man, there'd be suicides like crazy. So they decided to write this book, and for thousands of years, the book worked because the Internet changed all that. So, you know, do you think that maybe something like that might be it? Have you ever thought of that or anything like that? There's more to it, but I just wanted to shorten it up. Thank, thank you for taking my call. Manhe Lee is the promised pastor who supersedes Jesus. Wow, he supersedes Jesus. Usually people say they're just under Jesus. Not in a sexual way, presumably. I guess some of them could be. According to them, Jesus isn't God. Okay, so they don't believe in the Holy Trinity, I guess. The Holy Spirit is just a bunch of angels. Manhe Lee is the pastor that they claim the Bible points to. He is the one who overcomes from the book of Revelation. His followers simply call him the chairman and believe he will never die. He's 88 now. When this was written, I guess he was 82. So this was like six years ago. Wow. When 144,000 followers are gained, they will be inhabited by the spirits of the dead. Martyrs and rule... I'm sorry. They will be inhabited by the spirits of the dead martyrs and rule the world. They have perhaps 50,000 to 100,000 members at present, mostly in South Korea. As we saw from the BBC earlier, I think the number is closer to 200K now. Manhee Lee has been accused of tax evasion and of sexually harassing teenage girls. Big surprise. That's kind of the MO of pastors, isn't it? I think Kent Hovind had an issue with the tax evasion thing, too. He vigorously fights these charges, and his lawyers routinely threaten those who criticize him. Followers are recruited into Bible studies and are allowed to join a secret church after six months of indoctrination. Fascinating. The church in Orange County is located in Bellflower and now has several hundred members. Manhee Lee visits and preaches in the USA periodically, most recently in the summer of 2011. Though Manhee Lee claims he will never die, 
and this is an item of fervent belief among his followers. High-level defectors report that the leadership is arranging for a transition of power to Nam Hee Kim, the woman who heads up Manam, a front organization. The word Manam is a combination of their first names. Okay. Huh. Fascinating. Shincheonji people have a practice they call duty, which is when everyone gets together during the middle of the night to do military training and boot camps. They do this because they are the one true church for the one true kingdom, and it is their duty to remain sharp. The leaders crawl along the ground, run long laps, etc. When they're worked to the bone, they're told that they must work harder for this kingdom in the word then they are working right at that moment physically. Manhee Lee's most recent book is an almost 600-page tome called The Creation of Heaven and Earth. Manhee Lee's reported to have been involved with several other Korean apocalyptic groups before beginning his own organization. Manhee Lee had originally belonged to a faith, a faith healing group begun by Taesun Park, this group was known as the Olive Tree Movement because Mr. Park linked himself to the return of Christ as one or both of the two witnesses or olive trees in Revelation 11. Yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses have a whole big thing about that, uh, that chapter also. His followers called him the righteous man of the East, and they, or he, claimed he would never die, or at least that the last day of the world would come within his lifetime. The worship services that evolved in the olive tree movement were somewhat Presbyterian in form, but came to involve hours of frenzied hymn chanting, hand clapping, and drum beating, which, FYI, is on the bite model as, um, what is it? You know, let me just pull it up real quick. I have the URL memorized. <laughs> like, the exact URL just takes me right there. Inducing hypnotic or trance states to indoctrinate. Excessive meditation, singing, prayer, and chanting, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that, do that does not surprise me at all to learn that this group is, is doing that stuff. Let's continue on. Many followers, both women and men, deserted their families to donate all their worldly possessions in order to gain eternal life on Mr. Park's terms. Yeah, that's kind of an MO of a cult to financial exploitation. The next group that Manhealy entered was the Tent Temple, or the Temple of the Tabernacle, founded by J. U. Yu, uh, born 1949, also known as the Young Servant. So the, the next sections are Stephen Hassan's assessment of the group on the bite model. I'm not going to read that because I, want, I may end up doing my own assessment at some point. Yeah, extremely fascinating. So this group that we're talking about here is being accused of, of spreading the virus through South Korea. They are being accused of being responsible for this. And they've pretty much admitted responsibility for it. Anyways, I'm glad that they've be, they're being held responsible. Hopefully we can draw a little bit more attention to this group because this is extremely concerning. And I felt like I absolutely needed to cover this. Why don't we take a look at Super Chats? I got one Super Chat from Zolfner. I'm accepting virus donations trying to get infected for federal financial aid Trump is pushing for. I don't think that's how it works exactly. Uh, but I think you have to have a job. I don't know. But anyway, thank you for the Super Chat. I, I appreciate that. So anyway, that's where we're going to end it for the night. I appreciate you guys coming on and giving this a listen. And I will talk to you next week. 
If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.